Welcome to the College Baseball Nation podcast. I'm your host, John Peters, joined by Kyle McKelvey. Today on the podcast, we're looking ahead to the last weekend of the regular season of college baseball, as well as doing some bracketology. Let's talk college baseball. Kyle, that intro kills me a little bit. The last weekend of the, the regular, season regular season is upon us. The last one's always a fun one because they start a lot of these games on Thursday because I guess mm-hmm. teams are gearing up for travel for conference tournaments. And there's that like cliche of like the second season starts, right, with the postseason. And we have one last weekend of the regular season, but then teams are, are playing for everything, right? Even the nine seed that sneaks into the Pac-12 tournament can make it to the national championship game right like that's that's how this yeah. all works it feel, it does feel like like everything's on the line right now i mean for some teams who don't make their conference tournament you know it's not happening but we get i think we get one day off from college baseball in the next couple months it feels like and then or the next month or so and then yeah it's we're going in, in like a hard mode essentially fully loaded yeah. fully loaded multi-screen this is, I always think of Mike Rooney at this time of the year with the yeah. quad boxes and the six boxes, or whatever he has on, uh, whatever they're calling it, rally cap or something like that. They, they had a, yeah. a, a new name, but I, I always think about how this is, this is when a lot of the bandwagon fans start jumping on. This is an exciting time for college baseball and college softball getting going with their postseason. People are caring about bat and ball sports right now, and that's always a good time for folks like us. Yeah, Oklahoma's the number one overall seed in softball. I think they've only lost one game in the in the entire season. They f- I feel like they should just go ahead and give them the national championship and then let everyone else play a different tournament for second place. Hey, you never know. Didn't they have like a little bit? They lost, right? One game in, one the game. Women's, in the Women's College World Series, right? They had to go through the loser's bracket even last year, right? Like, oh, maybe. I think they were like yeah. one. There was a loss in there that was like, you know, the sky is falling for Oklahoma. So, hey, it's like with, but I, th- with I think they still baseball ruled so- the national championship game. Yeah, that sounds right. But still, there was, <laughs> <laughs> there's 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 always hope, right? This is the season of hope. Let's call it that. Yeah, not for, not for anyone besides OU and softball. But yes, in baseball, everyone's got hope. The season of hope as well as a season of retirements. We always start... The uh, coaching carousel this time of year, uh, sometimes it's for uh, on, on less than good terms, coaches parting way with their team. Sometimes it's on, I would say, the best of terms. And that is the case for Scott Barry and Southern Miss. Scott Barry, in my mind, almost is Southern Miss baseball. Uh, he has done so much for this program and he's been there since 2001 as an assistant, took over as head coach in 2010. His Division One head coaching record, 500 and 265. There's a tie in there. We're not going to talk about that. Uh, <laughs> he has five Conference USA regular season titles, including last year, four Conference USA tournament titles, won the Super Regional, or sorry, won the Regional last year, hosted a Super Regional for Southern Miss, four times Conference Coach of the Year. This guy bleeds, bleeds black and gold. Yeah, and they're... They're also in contention for the Sun Belt title right now. They're tied for first. I, I don't know. Let's see. They lost the head-to-head with uh, Coastal on the road, but that was on the road. So, like, it's it's still... Oh, for sure. The last, they are... Last they're within, yeah, within definitely the shouting distance of, of winning this conference title, uh, especially when you start thinking about this conference tournament. Uh, and mm-hmm. I think that's... I, I love that. I love that he got to transition Southern Miss into the Sun Belt... I think that this 
is he's going to be sorely missed. He was one of the first guys that agreed to talk to us when we were starting out as an outlet. So he has a special place in my heart, but I'm sure the state of Mississippi, even even the Mississippi states and Ole Miss fans out there, I'm sure they recognize what Scott Barry has done for the state of Mississippi in terms of baseball, but also for college baseball as a whole. It's like state of Texas fan, like baseball fans, when uh, Wayne Graham finally announced his retirement from from Rice back in the day. He he was there for a long time, won a national cha- a championship there at Rice. He amassed eleven hundred wins. That's crazy, and it was it was kind of the same along the same lines of just he was there for a long time. He was really good, and yeah, he he a staple defined, of the sport. He defined a, an era of of a whole state of baseball. It was, it was really cool. It was same with uh, Scott Berry. He will be missed. Yeah. Can't talk about Texas coaching legend legends without talking about Augie Garrido, though, too. That's true, too. <laughs> uh, but secondary to our top story, Cal, you under this uh, interesting little tidbit. It was just the, the tiniest little, it felt like smallest little press release. I feel like it should have gotten more news. Texas Tech signed, I mean, let's say not Texas Tech, Texas Tech's NIL collective, the Matador <laughs> Club. Yeah. Because you have to keep those separate. It's like politics, right? Like super PAC, basically. <laughs> right. uh, the Texas Tech super PAC, <laughs> Matador Club, has signed the entire Texas Tech Red Raider college baseball team to five-figure NIL deals. Cal, you're the math person. What does five figures mean? Uh, anywhere from 10000 to 99000 So it's a wide Is that range. a lot for a college student? <laughs> I feel like that's a lot. That's, that's a lot for uh, for me as a full-grown adult. <laughs> right. I think Apparently there's no the... one that listening to this that would turn down $10,000. Absolutely. This is the apparently the third team-wide NIL deal by the Matador Club for for a Red Raider program, including the football and softball teams. So that's that's really cool. That's just a way to show commitment uh to to your players really i, I want to see more more schools do this especially the rich ones like a uh, a&m tennessee georgia like if you if you really love your players you'll you'll do this right yeah it's really interesting how for so long the scholarship cap at 11.7 felt like the thing that was holding back college baseball in some ways of how are you gonna like you know if you're choosing between getting a quarter scholarship and getting drafted out of high school and signing for five hundred thousand dollars or whatever like it's really hard to go and pay money to not get yeah. a lot of money right like that's a, it's a hard deal to make and it felt like forever this le- legislation around 11.7 was going to be a turning point for college baseball but it turns out nil i think is bypassing a lot of those issues with the 11.7 scholarship cap yeah and it, and it i think it will help not just the rich players from high schools like from richer high schools get go in like because if if you might not be able to afford college you if you don't get a full scholarship, you probably wouldn't be able to afford to go play baseball also. So it's it's helps to get more people involved in baseball, which is you know always good. That's what we always say. More people in yeah. baseball is better. Yep. <laughs> we once again go on record as a pro baseball podcast. Yeah. Kyle, let's head over to our fastest segment on the pod. It's 10 picks in five minutes. Last week of the season edition, so off the air, we have assigned each other five series to pick, and these are tough ones. We try to give each other the toughest series possible. On the air, we are going to make and defend some picks, but we only get 30 seconds to do it. People are busy, and we have a lot of bracketology coming up, so no time to waste. Let's head in to 10 picks in five minutes. I was first to give you a series. I started you off with a doozy. Arkansas traveling to Vanderbilt. Yeah, uh, give me the hogs here. Arkansas is coming in hot. They just beat South Carolina at home. 
two out of three, swept Mississippi State on the road, swept AM before that. And Vanderbilt, I feel like they're they're trending the wrong direction and they're a little bit injured going into this this pivotal weekend for them. They're they are going to be without Carter Holton, I believe, and it's 50-50 on another one of their pitchers that I can't think of the name of. So it's it's gonna be it's gonna be iffy. Um uh, give me the hogs here. You got Florida at Kentucky, another tough one. Sticking in the SEC for a little bit. I'm going Gators here. I think that this is the the Gators have hit their final form. We're seeing Neely be a like the long reliever that they really needed. He's going to go two innings for the saves. We've seen Cags. I think last time on the podcast I said went five innings. He went like six and two thirds in his last start. And in addition to the two starters that they have that are aces, three pseudo aces plus a guy who can do long relief for you. This pitching staff is one of the best in the country, nearly unbeatable. Let's head over to the Big 12, West Virginia, traveling to Texas. I, I like this West Virginia team. It's, it's a tough road traveling to Austin for this series, but they tech, uh, they limited Texas Tech's pretty solid offense to not a lot of runs this past weekend in that series win. Um, and I just I feel like Texas's pitching staff is not, as, as good as it has been in the last few years. So give me West Virginia here on the road, kind of securing the Big 12 regular season title. You have another Big 12 series, Oklahoma State going to Oklahoma. I don't feel great about this one. This is a really tough one because like we're going to see with a couple of these series, I think it's basically a team that is playing for its postseason life in a lot of ways. Oklahoma has a way in if they lose this series and maybe win a few games in the Big 12 tournament, but it's going to be tough. So Oklahoma is a desperate team. I also I generally like the way Oklahoma's pitching has been trending. I think that's something that we can always expect by the end of the year. Oklahoma's pitching staff is going to be pitching at the highest level. And so give me the Sooners in this one. Take the, the rivalry series at home. How about you take a stab at Tennessee? You can't win a game on the road versus South Carolina, who's lost seven of their last eight. Yikes. Yeah, this is a weak force versus very movable object kind of a thing. Uh, I I I like I think I liked South Carolina's fight on the road last weekend. Like they they won that middle game. They could have just rolled over and the way they've been playing. And they they've also had a lot of injuries of their own. Uh but Tennessee can't win a game on the road. So give me South Carolina here at home. This is this is a kind of a toss-up. Um yeah, I'm going with South Carolina. You got Duke at Miami going to the ACC. Yeah, the series has huge implications. I feel like we had circled it like a month ago. It just kind of felt like this was going to decide the division. And since we last talked about this series, Duke has not played their best baseball. I went one one against Radford in the midweek a couple weeks ago, lost another midweek game, lost a series. Duke, I would say not trending in the right direction by any means. I still really think that's that pitching staff is super consistent. Miami, though, really good at home, really good offense, one of the best relievers in the country i mean I, what's not to like about miami right now give me the hurricanes at home and how about you take a stab at tcu traveling to kansas state yeah this is another one of those teams that's fighting for their postseason lives if tcu wins this series i think they're in it's i just don't i just don't like their their chances here kansas state is 18 and 6 at home they're playing really well in the little apple it's hard to beat them i like like their Texas Tech series a few weeks ago, I thought Tech had that one for sure, but uh, Kansas State won that one at home, and TCU is six and eight on the road. So I, I, I don't know. They, they beat Baylor last week in front of nobody. 
and they beat Texas State, another team fighting for their postseason lives. But uh, I'm going with Kansas State here. Now you got back to the ACC for you, Virginia at Georgia Tech. Yeah, I'm going with Virginia in this one. But at 12 and 15 in the ACC, Georgia Tech is desperate. This is another one. Georgia Tech wins this series or you know, somehow manages to sweep this series. They got to feel really good about themselves. Virginia's pitching, I think, is a little too strong. Offense, I, I think it was weird with Virginia. They had a little bit of like this mid to late season dip where it kind of felt like, oh, like maybe we don't need to take this Virginia team as seriously. They played a lot better as a lately. I don't love it. I think it's going to be a hard fought series. Give me Virginia on the road in this one, though. Wrapping it up for you, Louisiana at Southern Miss. Some Sunbelt action. Big Sunbelt action that, that Southern Miss is you know, playing, not playing for their postseason lives, but they might be, they honestly might be in contention for a host spot. They have a really high RPI right now. Uh, and they're playing for Scott Barry. We just talked about it. He's, he's, uh, he's leaving and they're inspired. I think it's really cool. Louisiana just beat, did sweep Texas state, but Texas state is 10 and 14 on the road. So 10 and 11 before that, like they, they just weren't a very solid road team. Um, I, so I think I'm going Southern miss their pitching staff is, is just going to be too much. I think for, for Louisiana. So give me Southern Miss and one more for you, uh, A&M at Mississippi State. Yeah, there's a theme here. We gave each other series with some desperate teams. Mississippi State still has an outside chance of making the SEC tournament. They got to win a lot of games. We've talked about it, but uh, it all starts winning games at home. A&M, meanwhile, also three games below 500. feels like if you win this series, 14 and 16 is probably good enough for them to get into the NCAA tournament. But AM doesn't have the super high RPI that sometimes you see with SEC teams right here on the bubble. So this is a pretty important series. I'm going to give the edge to AM. I think Schloss has, let's say, mildly figured out what he needs to do with his pitching staff, even though it's super inconsistent. I think he's pulling, like, he's playing postseason baseball right now. He's like quick with a hook. He's doing anything he can. I think AM, it's going to be tough going to the dude. But give me the Aggies. So along with the Aggies, I have Virginia over Georgia Tech, Miami taking down Duke, Oklahoma taking out Oklahoma State, and Florida over Kentucky. And I've got Arkansas over West over Vandy, West Virginia over Texas, South Carolina over Tennessee, Kansas State over TCU, and Southern Miss at home over Louisiana. Kyle, let's take a quick break, and we'll be back with some bracketology action. And we are back. Up next on the podcast, we have a two-parter with our bracketology today. First up, we are going to do like we've done every week on the podcast for the last few weeks. Kyle and I are going to choose the top 16 seeds and use that to make our field of 64 later today. In addition, though, we're doing a little bit of bubble talk. Kyle, you and I have already started thinking about the bubble. And I think there was some obvious cases of where we started comparing some teams head to head. Maybe there's some less obvious cases. But at the end of the day, we're going to do a little bit of a bubble breakdown, a little bit of a resume comparison, thinking about a few different schools and where they lie in the pecking order heading into the last week of the season. Are you ready to get going with some field of 64 work? Let's do it. So first up, we're doing our top 16 seeds. I'm putting the clock on to keep us honest. We have kiddos napping. We have people moving on with their lives. Let's not <laughs> waste any of their time. Let's stick with Wake Forest at number one here. Number one team in the country. Haven't lost a series. Number two, RPI. Number three, RPI plus. Any, any complaints? Easy. No, let's leave it. Uh, I think already we start getting some trouble here at number two. <laughs> so uh, I went Florida with number two. 
the rationale behind this is I think Arkansas is losing that series at Vanderbilt. You think Arkansas is winning that series at Vanderbilt? So, and I think um, Florida is losing that series on the road to Kentucky. So. Yeah, we have we have opposite takes on who's winning those series. Um, for me, it's a little bit of a moot point. Uh, let's let's do Arkansas next. I'm fine with that. Like, I think I would be. I wouldn't be shocked if they won that series. So I'm fine. I think Arkansas, Arkansas, I I feel like in my head, Arkansas has a better chance of winning that series than Florida does theirs. And even if they don't and Florida wins this series, they would end up tied in the standings at uh, 20 and 10. Both teams would be 20 and 10. And so they'd both be like like tied for first. I don't know what the tiebreaker would be in that situation, but one of those teams would be the SEC regular season winner. And I feel like that's, that's enough. Like having that double buy in Hoover, that's kind of nice. Hmm. All right. Arkansas will do that at Arkansas. number okay. two. Um, so then if we have Arkansas winning that, that probably knocks Vanderbilt down just yeah. ever so slightly. Um, so uh, I want to go Florida next. Let's do it. Yeah, they're my next also. Right. Um, then, I mean, it's. I feel like a little bit easy to do some backlash with LSU because they've lost back-to-back weekends. But at the same time, they have a number four RPI, number four RPI yeah. plus. Like they're they're probably going to be top two, top three, and SEC. So do we feel okay with LSU next? Yeah, they're they're still at right, forty and forty wins overall, and they have they finish with three road top fifty RPI games at Georgia. So their RPI will stay up there. No, can't lose that series. Probably. I mean, they can, but if they lose that yeah, series, they'll they drop. They, I don't think they will. I, I I don't know. Yes, you're right. They if they lose that series, they'll drop. I think right here next is good for Florida at four. Uh, sorry, LSU at four. Yeah, it gets a little bit tricky. Stanford's RPI, even though they won that series against Arizona, dropped like ever so slightly. I think they were at like a huh. ten or eleven, but they're at uh, last I checked fifteen and fourteen in the RPI plus. I still think Stanford should be in the conversation. I think West Virginia probably should if we're projecting Stanford as Pac-12 and Big 12 champs, but West Virginia is even slightly lower. So I think uh, I'm leaning towards one of them or maybe going back into the ACC where I think the biggest one that I think we really need to consider here is probably Clemson. They're trending in the right direction. The committee does look at the last 15 games, 17 and 10 in the ACC, 36 and 17 overall is less impressive, but seven games above 500. And the ACC is pretty solid, and they finish hosting North Carolina. Should be a winnable series. If they win 19 games, I think they're probably in the ACC. I think they're probably a top eight seed. Yeah, I, I so I have Stanford next at five. I know their RPI, like you said, is a little bit low, but the committee just last year did this with an AM team who won the SEC West, and they were at like 18 in the RPI, I think, maybe somewhere in like 20, low 20s. But they won the SEC West, winning like 20 games, and so. The committee, I think, will acknowledge that like Stanford is the best team in the West, in like the whole West. I think I think that's they they have to be rewarded for that. So I think I'm good with Stanford next. And then yeah, so after that would be Clemson, West Virginia, Vanderbilt, some one of those teams, but I think Clemson would be next for me. I kind of like Clemson next too, just because West Virginia's RPI is just ever so I mean it's eight spots lower as of right now. And that's like yeah. a that's a big enough gap for like a you know, number two team, the ACC is probably going to be pretty darn good. Um, so, yeah, I'm fine with Stanford. Stanford travels on the road to Washington State at the end of the season. So that's uh, 84 RPI team, 28 win team. That's a series. If they win, they'll be fine with RPI. If they lose, you know, we'll have to, that conversation. But winnable series against a team that will be fine for their RPI. So Stanford at five. Let's go Clemson at six. 
West Virginia next. I mean, it feels like we need a Big 12 champ. Um, and not just yeah. like it feels like we need a Big 12 champ, but also like a Big 12 champ that's probably going to have top 20 RPI, definitely, and maybe, you know, top 16, maybe even higher. I think I agree. So the Boys World says they need two road wins, basically just win that series on the road to be to stay in the top 16. Like the, they will be in the top 16. And I think that would put them like 9, 10, 11, 12, somewhere in there, like higher up in the top 16. Right now they are just 16. I imagine they'll rise, especially winning that road series at Texas. But yeah, I'm good with West Virginia next. Yeah, got to win that series. If they don't, I don't think we'll have a top eight Big 12 host. Yeah, that's kind of surprising. Where else do we want to go? I think uh, we need to think about Vanderbilt, which you have them losing that series, which is is fine. But um, if they lose that series, where would that put them then? I mean, they're currently at number seven in the RPI. Let's say they lose that series. I'd put them at, let's say, like 18 and 12 in the SEC. That's probably, I almost certainly would be fourth place in the SEC. So that's not, that's not bad. Like that definitely could, it could be here. Um, Let's think about the ACC a little bit too. So it gets a little tricky because we have Virginia, Miami, and Duke at 16-11, 16-11, and 15-11. And I mean, even North Carolina at 14-11, if they win that series at Clemson, they'll, you know, they'll be in the conversation at least. So we have, let's say, a whole cluster of ACC teams I think we also need to consider. Um, and then obviously we haven't talked about Coastal Carolina yet. They also should be probably somewhere in this conversation with our RPI of nine, RPI plus of 11. Where do you want to go, Kyle? Yeah, so I think I think I want to go Vanderbilt or Virginia. I could be convinced by Coastal here. Um, I don't think I don't think it's I think it's too early for South Carolina at this spot. They have that series loss to Kentucky, so they feel like they have to be behind them. That Agreed on that. Yeah. yeah, I definitely think that head-to-head so late in the season is going to matter to the committee. So I think Kentucky's over uh, South Carolina, both for the head-to-head and for the fact that Kentucky's number one in the RPI. Another team con- to consider is Miami, but Virginia swept that series against Miami earlier in the season when Virginia was a different team for sure. And I don't know, off the top of my head, I think it was in Virginia and Miami is a different team on the road entirely. But I still think I'm Virginia over Miami right now maybe if miami wins the acc overall they'll jump by a lot see that's where so we're projecting right and so like because Uh we're projecting i think miami is winning that series at duke i also picked virginia to win that series at georgia tech but i feel like that georgia tech's desperate team i could see virginia losing that series it's like what happens if miami wins against duke so they're 18 and 12 virginia loses that series at georgia tech they're 17 and 13 their RPIs would probably be fairly similar at that point. Do you think that's enough? Or would, would Bay of Virginia over Miami, do you think? I think the committee would stick with Virginia over Miami. Oh, but you're saying if Virginia loses and yeah. Miami loses? Yeah. And Miami wins that series. So if, right. if Miami basically mm-hmm. wins the Coastal, but Virginia has the head-to-head over them sweep. Uh, yeah, I think I think uh, like division titles is, is an unofficial thing that they that they uh consider so uh, maybe maybe that would be enough and i think their rpi would jump up and virginia's would drop a little bit so maybe they'd be more comparable right now it's eight spots um 10 virginia's got a 10 rpi miami's 18 so i feel like i feel like at that point miami would jump them but right now i think i'm good with vandy virginia miami i kind of want to go virginia over vanderbilt just because 
if Virginia is at number nine in the RPI plus number 10 in the RPI right now, and they win a road series, if, you know, if we're projecting them to win that road series and South Carolina, or sorry, and Vanderbilt loses a home series, it might be that Virginia passes them in the RPI. Yeah. And yeah, after going off of a home series loss versus a road series win. Yeah. I like yeah. that. that if, if that's where, if that's what we're predicting, you know, obviously we can be wrong about that. We're trying to yeah. project. We got to project. It's fine. So, and then, so then Miami next. I think Miami or Kentucky. So let's see, Miami. If we think Miami is winning that home series at Duke, um, I don't know. Let's see. That would be we would have one, two, three ACC teams in already, and so we'd have Miami as the fourth ACC team versus we all, we also have four SEC teams. Honestly, I think Kentucky might have a better case than Miami. Because number one overall RPI will probably matter. I do think Florida's yeah. winning that series, though. So if they lose that series yeah. and whatever, but you seem to think a lot more highly of Kentucky if they end up with um, winning that series and getting 17 SEC wins, they feel like they'd probably be higher than Miami. Yeah, it was more of like a, a, a gut feel. I don't know if I actually believe that, that Kentucky will win that series against Florida. I, I don't know. Florida did lose that series a few weeks ago to, to A&M on the road. So maybe the, maybe that was just A&M got hot at the right time and then lost it. But I, I do think I do think Florida will win that series. So I could be convinced to have Miami over Kentucky. Okay, but, let's do it. Yeah. All right. So now I want to go Coastal next. It's probably where I think is, is, the, yeah, is the move. Uh, the reason I want to do that is I know so the biggest issue here is South Carolina. So South Carolina has the RPI five, even though they've lost seven or last eight games, like we already talked about. And um, that's not great. The community cares about that. You know, if they host Tennessee and they win that series 17 and 12 in the SEC because they haven't played as many games. Yeah, that starts to feel pretty good to me. But Coastal Carolina conference champ. This would be what South Carolina to be the sixth SEC team. It feels like they were going to go conference champ from a solid conference over another SEC team. Uh, there's no head to head to compare. Coastal beat North Carolina once, lost to Clemson twice, beat Wake and lost to Wake, split at Campbell, also beat North Carolina on the road. They got a lot of wins. Hmm. I could be convinced for Coastal and then South Carolina. The RPIs are are the thing. I, I do think South Carolina is going to win that series against Tennessee and kind of help bolster their chance. I, I, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I'm I fine with that. I myself into South Carolina, but that's fine. South Carolina next is fine. Yeah, we'll have them back-to-back. 12 Coastal, 13 South Carolina. Gives us a little bit of wiggle room later. Um, so let's see who else do we want to consider we don't have anyone else from the big 12 so Oklahoma Oklahoma State State probably would be in that conversation and Texas in my opinion so Oklahoma State I I mean I think the reason why Texas would be in it is if they win that series against West Virginia and then they're going to jump up a decent amount in the RPI so I think that's it we right now we projected this with West Virginia at six as if they win that series. So we can't have both Texas and West Virginia winning that series. Right. So I'm fine not putting <laughs> Texas there right now, but that's like, I think something to consider is Texas has a path forward to host. I at 12, 12 and nine in the big 12. And if they win that series, they'd be 14 and 10. I don't, 
know off the top of my head the the Big Twelve hosting like threshold. It doesn't feel like fourteen's enough. Yeah, I mean, they, it depends on. So one, they could sweep the series. Obviously, it'd be hard. Yeah. They also, if they make it to the conference tournament final, in theory, the committee cares about that. In practice, they make the bracket before the final, before those games get played. But Texas has a path right. forward. I don't think we should predict them here because we think right now we have them also. We already have West Virginia winning that series. So like Oklahoma State is probably the team. Also, Oklahoma State already has some cushion with the RPI and RPI plus at twenty in the mm-hmm. RPI plus. That's pretty solid. Dallas Baptist at 19. Yeah, and the head-to-head. Dallas Baptist at 19, the RPI plus. Indiana State at 17. Uh, who else should we consider here? Auburn at 15 in the RPI plus. Auburn's getting up there. Yeah, 20 yeah. In, the, in the RPI regular. Uh, they're over 500 right now in the SEC, and they have a series. Of, let's see. Who's the Mizzou, series? right? I Mizzou, believe yeah. Very winnable series. Very winnable. That would be 16 wins, and that... RPI would in, in, in improve a little bit, I think. Auburn should be considered. I, mm-hmm. They're they're definitely hot, and the committee does consider how you've been the last fifteen games. But I think Oklahoma State first is is first out of these. The Big Twelve is the RPI number three conference. Is that right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, and I think so. I think another Big Twelve before. Hmm. Before like a sixth SEC, is that where we're at? So I'm good with Oklahoma State here. If you are, I think we already have six SEC teams in. So oh, we have South Arkansas, Carolina. Florida, LSU, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, and South Carolina. Yeah, I, we might have hit our cap for SEC teams. It's I think so. hard, hard to get a seventh. Uh, I think also, <clears throat> uh, I'm okay going Oklahoma State next, but I think DBU needs to be in uh, because they're 40 wins, their RPI is 14 rpi plus is 19 they host western kentucky which is a team that doesn't have the best rpi but has won 30 games and that also is part of how games impact rpi so i think that if dallas baptist ends up with 42 regular season wins and a top 16 rpi they're probably going to host what about a team like duke right now they're 17 in the rpi half came back from the coastal lead right now 15 wins if but like, we, we we projected them losing that series exactly we can't 16 ha- conference wins i like i like the, the talk i like the idea of duke however uh duke currently would oh, i mean with our current projections would finish third in their division they're five and five in their last 10 games if you uh add in a few more losses there they would have had uh then a losing record in their last 10 games I I don't know if they'll drop in the RPI. If they lose that series one game to two, they'll probably actually be pretty close to where they are in the RPI. But 16 and 13 in the ACC with a pretty big losing streak. I think they're in the conversation to host, but I like DBU better. Okay, well, hear me out. Um, what about, getting kind of crazy, Oregon State. They are 18 and 12 in the Pac-12, which is the fourth RPI conference. And we only have one Pac-12 team in right now as the host, and they're Stanford's the winner. But 18 wins in conference is loud. It's a lot. Yeah. They're 31 I... in the RPI, I know, but that's it's low. But they and they have three games against Western Carolina, which could drag their RPI down a little bit. It will. 500. Yeah, yeah, they have to sweep that series or else they'll drop in the RPI. Uh, win, I, I feel like it's a trendy in pick. The, in the Pac-12 tournament. Yeah, it is a trendy pick for sure. It's tr- trendy because they're 28 in the RPI plus 31 in the RPI, which is not normally good enough to host. We see some oddities with the back 12. 
I I the reason I don't like it is because that RPI is, is too bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it, it feels a little contrived. I mean, at, at the same token, we could have Washington in the conversation because they host Cal. Yeah. Their RPI is one spot lower. If they win that series, they'll be 18-11, and that would be a better record than Oregon State. So I think Washington should also be in the conversation if we're going to talk about Oregon State. Yeah, should. But I think, yeah, I think you're right. Both of them are just a little bit too low in the RPI. Washington won doesn't nine care of their last RPI 10 games. <laughs> yeah. Does the is the this the year that the RPI is not considered for Pac-12 teams as much? I don't know. I don't actually hate the idea of Washington being a host because they're so hot lately. But they, they have to yeah. win that series. If they win that series, they'll be second in the Pac-12. I'm slowly talking myself into Washington hosting. <laughs> what about a team like uh I don't know, getting wild. East Carolina. If they win the American, they're I think a half game back right now. 21 in the RPI. Win the American tournament. Could be a top 20 RPI. Is that enough? Yeah, eight and two in their last 10 games. But Boston they go College, to a 19 win South Florida. That's a little bit tough mm. to wrap up their season against a team that even if they win that series will probably drop their RPI. Mm. All right. So I think I have left is I think I want DBU in like almost no matter what is kind of what I'm feeling like that. I think Indiana State, because of their horrible Q1 record, I think are getting closer and closer as they continue to, to win games. I think Indiana State needs to be considered. Um, I think Boston College should also be considered, but they're only one game above 500 in the ACC. I don't know if that's going to get it done. Um, Campbell maybe is also another. Man, there's so many teams I feel like that should be in the conversation for this spot. Campbell at 19 in the RPI, 23 in the RPI plus. But, uh, you know, they go at South Carolina Upstate, 34 win team, top 100 RPI team. I could get it done. They've won nine of the last 10 games. Uh, I don't hate Campbell hosting. The only issue is that the Big South is quite a bit worse in terms of conference RPI compared to some of these other mid-majors like Conference USA, for instance, with Dallas Baptist is a lot higher. Yeah, I think they're low on my pecking order. And and in terms of Boston College, I think Duke is Duke won that series on the road. I think that has to matter when teams are similar like that. Duke's got a 17 RPI, Boston College is 13. They're pretty similar. And I think similar ACC record too. Totally agree. I like Duke over Boston College. So that kind of eliminates because we only have one spot left. So I think the right. ACC rep would be Duke for me. I think the SEC rep would probably be Auburn, but that would be the seventh SEC team. Because I think if Auburn wins that series, um, yeah, we, we, we've hashed Auburn out a little bit. I think my Pac-12 yeah. rep would be Washington probably, because I think they are going to win that last series at Cal and they would finish second uh, in the Pac-12 at that point. Uh, and then I think I, I totally agree that I mean, uh, we, we should at least consider East Carolina, um, Campbell, Indiana State. And then we haven't talked about the Big Ten at all. Big Ten champ maybe could be in the Indiana. conversation, like <laughs> Indiana. But their RPI is at, what, 27 right now. RPI Plus is actually the exact same. So would the committee really go down low and pull up a team like Washington over a team like Indiana? Big Ten winner, if they are. And like right now, they're not leading it, I don't think. Maryland's up. That might be enough, then, if, if Indiana's not winning the Big Ten. Let's oh, no, see, they're, they're tied for the lead right now. And Indiana travels to Michigan State to end the year, while Maryland... Maryland's got Penn State on the road. Over 500 Penn State. 
I think I would have Maryland favored. I I don't I think there's a path obviously for Indiana winning the Big Ten regular season. I don't know if I would bet on it. I could see them losing that last series or um, yeah maybe not sweeping while Maryland sweeps or something like that. So I think Indiana's out in my mind. Mm-hmm. Me too. All right. So who's our last one? Duke, Auburn, Washington, ECU, ECU Campbell, or Indiana. State. <laughs> That's a lot for one spot. Ooh, uh, I think I would go Oregon State or Washington. I want to go Washington if we're going to go Pac-12 just because right. they're one spot different in the RPI. Uh, I think Washington, like Washington's opponent, Cal, is a much better, not much, is a little bit better opponent than Oregon State's last opponent. But if Washington wins those games, it'll be 18-11 in the RPI. Oh, sorry, in the conference. So the second Oregon the State has the road head to head. It's a little bit trickier. Yeah. Oregon State also has beaten UCLA on the road, Arizona sweep, lost the series on the road to Arizona State, swept USC, two at three at Oregon, swept by Stanford on the road. Lost the series at home to Washington State. So they they are a different teams since that early season loss to Washington State, but they are definitely turning it around and they are done with Pac 12 play. Their RPI will drop. Yeah. Second right now. Hmm. I lean Washington because nine one nine of their last ten versus seven of their last ten. I mean, their non-conference RPI 70 and 64 are so close. Um, their strength of schedule 59 and 69 so close. I mean, they're it's splitting hairs. I like Washington just because I think they're gonna finish a little bit higher in the RPI, and I think they're gonna finish a half game, or maybe even um they could sweep uh Cal and finish at 19 and 10. Um, so I like Washington a little bit better, but not sold. Yeah, I can I and I do think there is something to be said about the committee maybe wanting another host out there to to fill in some of those regions with like West coast teams, you know, that's, it is possible. All right. So our top 16 seeds are Wake Forest, Arkansas, Florida, LSU, Stanford, Clemson, West Virginia, Virginia, then nine through 16 are Vanderbilt, Miami, Kentucky, coastal, South Carolina, Oklahoma state, Dallas Baptist and Washington. I feel good about that. Let's head over now and wrap things up a little bit with some bubble discussion. We haven't done a lot of bubble discussion on the air, but it's the time of year where people are caring about resumes, comparing them to one another. And I have three comps for us, Kyle, that we have to tease out, which it's a little bit of a this or that. It's not necessarily one of these is in, one of these is out. But if we had to compare some of these teams, which some of these conversations we're going to have to come down to, uh, which of these feel like they have stronger resumes? And I want to start us off talking about two Big 12 teams because like we mentioned last time on the podcast, there's seven Big 12 teams and there's probably not, probably not going to be seven Big 12 teams um, that actually make the NCAA tournament. There's seven that have a chance. So Oklahoma versus TCU, who do you have higher in that pecking order? Uh, th- this was tough. We debated this one a lot. I have Oklahoma just a little bit higher in the pecking order Oklahoma's 35 in the RPI compared to 47 for TCU. Oklahoma has the road, or sorry, the home win, two out of three. And that was early on in the season after they road swept Houston, who's currently the American leader. 
split two games at Stanford. Like their their resumes are really comparable. I feel like OU does have a better series win and a road series sweep at Texas. They also competed relatively close uh, at West Virginia. I think one of them was going to be in. Uh, well, I think we we have both of them in, but I think if it comes down to it, if we have to compare them, I think it, like one is on the chopping block. I feel like TCU is because I think I like Oklahoma's chances a little bit better to win a home series against Oklahoma State more than TCU's to win a road series at Kansas State. Yeah, I think the one that, little that makes sense. One little bit of devil's advocate I want to say is that Oklahoma uh, is behind TCU in the standings, and so if it comes yeah. down to it. Uh, it could be that the committee says, hey, head-to-head matters, but it wasn't a sweep. And also it was in Norman. And at the end of the day, you, we care about how you do in your conference. So maybe TCU would get the edge. But I think I agree with the assessment that generally speaking, there's more pluses on OU's resume right now. But uh, it could all come down to how they perform against their rival, uh, Oklahoma State. Yeah. Let's talk about Texas State. Because Texas State right now would be... Uh, if we were going to put them into the tournament, would be the fifth Sunbelt team. Is that right? Is that am I? I that's right. Wow. So five Sunbelt teams is a lot of teams. Um, do we feel like they have a path into the tournament? Or at least do we feel like they have a path that's better than UC Irvine's path? And I think I want to speak against UC Irvine. <laughs> that's how I'm going to start this one. The reason why I think UC Irvine really doesn't have much of a path into the NCAA tournament, it might be surprising because if you look at UC Irvine, they're 13-11 in the Big West. That's okay. But they have a 45 RPI, which feels like that should be pretty good. Um, so let's say that 13-11 in the, the Big West does have them in sixth place. So they, they, they have some ground to make up for sure. Big West, because they don't do a conference tournament, means that they still have six games in conference to go. So they have some space. Uh, and I think they actually will probably move up a lot in the standings. But those last six games are at 17 and 31 UC Davis and hosting 11 and 35 UC Riverside. There's no way the RPI doesn't drop. I wouldn't be surprised if the RPI is in the 60s yeah. by the end of this or at the very least in the 50s. I think they don't have a path forward. So when it comes to the, between these teams, give me Texas State. I think I agree. I think UC Irvine would have to sweep all of those, but they're like UC Irvine's not even included on Boyd's World spreadsheet, which means, in my mind, I think that means they're they're out. Like they don't have a path to get to a top forty-five RPI, and because right now they're at forty-five, yeah, I think they would drop. They need and, they need a, a really weak bubble. It's the only way they can get in. Yeah, that's true. No bid stealers, which we always see those every year. So like one bid leagues where the the current projected winner is is like loses the conference tournament or something, but they're, they're still an at large team, but they do play the bottom two teams. UC Davis and Riverside are the two bottom teams in the big West. If they sweep and go six and zero, that would put uh, Irvine at 19 and 11, in the big West. And that would put them about Definitely a shot the level, like second place in the big West. I don't know. Yeah. I think if they need to finish second or third in the big West minimum. Yeah. But they don't even have a head-to-head over Santa Barbara, right? No, they do have the oh, road head-to-head over Santa Barbara. Interesting. There's some things and... to like for sure about their resume. I think the RPI might be the thing that un- un- undoes them. Unless the committee... So the only other so the other issue I think that's worth unpacking here too, and we haven't you know talked about them too much lately, is that UTSA 
lost that home series to Dallas Baptist and really dropped themselves in the RPI into the 60s. But Conference USA is ranked higher in Conference RPI than the Big West. Right now, my gut is that we'll have Fullerton and Santa Barbara in the bracket. So we already have two Big West teams in the bracket. I'm struggling to find a second Conference USA team besides UTSA. But UTSA's RPI feels really low. So what all that's saying is, in some ways, we should probably also be comparing UTSA versus UC Irvine. If we don't think UTSA is in, but we think Conference USA is better than Big West, are we really okay putting a third Big West team in over the second Conference USA team? Yeah, that's tough. I don't I don't think so. So I think that's another kind of bigger card that's working against the Anteaters. The last time the Big West had three teams in was 2016. And then also 2015, 2014, they had four. 2013, there were three. So it, it's been a while. I don't that was back in the days there. when they were hosting and hosting Supers and going to Omaha. Long Beach too. State was up there. Fullerton was up there. Yeah. So between the two, I think I'll lean Texas State over Irvine. <laughs> but uh, we'll see how it exactly breaks down in our final bracket. How about Arizona State versus Georgia Tech? This is kind of an Arizona State team working the wrong direction. A Georgia Tech team desperate for some ACC wins. Which one are you taking between the two of them? Yeah, it, man, it didn't even feel like Arizona State was in consideration for the bubble. And then they went and got swept by USC on the road. <laughs> and that Kind of similar at... with Georgia Tech. It felt like they had done so poorly lately, but they found yeah. themselves now just three games below 500 in the ACC. So they're at least in the conversation. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And Arizona State is now at 14-12 in the pack. They were 1-9 in the last 10. 5-14 against quad one RPI teams. So that that is a metric that we know that the committee uses. And that's not a great metric. So if it comes down to comparing Georgia Tech, who is 10-13, and 13, it's more games and more wins uh, against quad one, that, that's kind of a feather in Georgia Tech's cap. But Georgia Tech finishes hosting Virginia. If they win that series... I think they're in. They put them at 14 ACC wins, right? 12 and yeah, 14 ACC wins, which I think has been the threshold to do it. Arizona State finishes hosting UCLA, which is out of the conversation right now in postseason, which is kind of crazy to hear. Yeah, they but, just got pummeled by injuries. But UCLA actually, I mean, with 59 RPI, they win that series at Arizona State. They might put themselves at least in the conversation again. They're three games under 500 in the Pac-12. Kind of need a sweep. Enough. Yeah. But flip side is mm-hmm. when we're thinking about Arizona State, hosting a team that has 26 wins in UCLA, top 60 RPI, but has had a lot of injuries as of late, that becomes a very winnable series for Arizona State. And then you can start rewriting that history. Yeah, they have lost, what is it, seven straight, six straight games. Um, but I mean, against hosting Stanford and at USC, I mean, there's some tough games. You all of a sudden win the series against UCLA. That's going to possibly add some quad one wins to your to your resume depending on how ucla does in the pac-12 tournament and stuff so that, that starts in my mind i see a path forward arizona state to win a series against a team that is not actually doing that great but still has a solid resume also arizona state had the uh wherewithal to have weather come through the tempe area or riverside california and get that game canceled versus riverside Oh, man, we didn't talk about on this podcast so, so many midweek cancellations for RPI reasons. Yeah, probably. I mean, was it actually weather this time? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I didn't catch this one. I know there was a whole bunch of other teams that canceled for RPI reasons. I wouldn't be surprised with UC Riverside at 11 and 35, 261 in the RPI. 
Yeah. I mean, good good for Arizona State then. It was a road game still, but uh, it's good. So I'm leaning Arizona State between Arizona State and Georgia Tech, mostly because of conference record. I think if if Georgia Tech ends up four games below 500 in the ACC, that's not going to get it done. I think I agree. But Arizona State, not the strongest of resumes here after having a really nice start to the year. Okay, let's wrap it up there. We're going to put all this information together, make a field of 64, have that out later today before hopefully all these games get going, all these Thursday night games. And the next time we meet on this podcast, Kyle, we're going to have a regular season champs, basically. All the conferences, except for the Big West, will have some champions decided. Wow, that's exciting. Thanks for listening to the College Baseball Nation podcast. Check out our website, collegebaseball.info, our socials at collegeballnat. Have a great week, and we will see you next week.